What's good, Internet? I'm Alex Arona, host of the NPR Illinois podcast, Super GG Radio. Welcome to session 123, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. I am your math wizard and champion of frog fractions, Alex Arona. Ain't no math I can complete. What? Getty, Getty wrote this week. Uh, also with me this week is Secret Werewolf Joel DeWitt. You know, it isn't a secret if you tell our viewership, and I'm going to have to devote it out. Yeah, you know, you, you shouldn't be eating people when no one's looking. Also, we got to watch that Ubisoft movie. Have you guys seen that yet? What? A lot to. That looks funny. I'm into it. All right. We'll tell you about that later, Joel. Uh, you know, it sounds like your problem. Maybe don't tell me stuff that's important, Joel. You tell me your secrets. I tell everybody. Also with us is Lobby Adventurer, Alec Parks. What's going on, Alec? Well, you know, you got to start somewhere, Alex. I just need to kill, like, 20 to 30 more of these boars to level up. 20 to 30 more? More like 20 to 30,000 more? You're such a lobie. Luckily, I have some tunes for you to help you t- uh, pass the time. This week, we reap some souls in early adopters, discover the meaning of life with the news, and finally put an end to frog fractions in the backlog blog. First, early adopters where we play alphas, betas, and holy crap, did I face some demons this week. Uh, first game we played, Blind Fate, Edo no Yami. Edo Yonami. Edo no Yami? No Yami. Not Yonami. I split the letters. Joel, we played uh, Blind Fate. We it, did. It is a stylistic cyberpunk 2D beat-em-up. Is that, was that what, how you would describe it? Mm. See, there, there's, I would kind of call it an action platformer. I, the genres are a little silly. It's it's 2D side-scrolling, there's fighting, there is some jumping around, if I recall right, mm-hmm. and there are abilities. So I, it's probably it's probably akin to something from, you know, people have a good reference point of like, uh, I don't want to say Super Goals and Ghosts, because that's really rigid. <laughs> it's not quite that rigid. Uh, so this game... You are a sort of samurai, right? A, a cyberpunk samurai? Well, it actually it, seems like you were a samurai back in the day, and then somehow your body got turned, your brain got put into a cyborg samurai. Hmm. hmm. And, okay. and uh, you wake up not knowing what seems like the world. I mean, it's, it, I think that you were a samurai in the modern day, but then decades have passed, and now uh, you are more robot than man. And you, uh, that includes all senses. Mm-hmm. So you have to update sensors, find sensors to see your surroundings, because as it turns out, you're blind. There you go. So literally like a bat, we have so- different sonars to, <laughs> to sniff out bad guys. Yeah, it, you know, I-, I will give the developer this. They have some interesting ideas. And it is a neat idea to try to make you swap between these different sensors it's kind of like swapping between different styles in a fighter right where the whole idea is that you shift these around and then you have things altered the way you play uh one cool thing about it i found was the whole like when you're fighting and then you swap figure out what the right color swap it is you immediately go into a big old slash across yes them. you get, a, and you get a, like a like a finisher dash slash Right, right. I mean, a couple of times I landed it, it felt more like a stun, but that could have just been me not getting enough hits in. I struggled with this game a little bit. I, uh, So I'm a kind of person that when I'm playing a 2D platformer type game, I want it to feel pretty smooth, and I want it to be more 
of the actual input focus on the actual combat. So, like, one of my big games as a kid was Shinobi, like the Shinobi 3. And and it's it's not the most fluid thing, but, like, when you're running, you can feel the sort of slickness of him running. You had these parts where you have to be jumping up and down and being very nimble while hitting them with your attacks. Uh, This is a little more rigid, right? Uh, It's... You, you jump up, and then if you slash or attack in air, you kind of pause and freeze there until you're done attacking. And I, I don't love it, you know, breaking in the middle like that for this kind of game. Oh, I, that's, I think, like, that's an air juggle. You got to air juggle. Yeah, but I never air juggle. So mm, Okay. <laughs> I, I have no air juggle game. Sorry. Uh, but th- that's why I say that it's not for me. I, I don't think it's a qualitative issue. I think it's just... I don't know that I want the shifting stuff in there unless it's completely seamless. Because the way you have to access it is that you hold down the trigger and then you point the direction to and the you right get the, You get the radial menu. Right, exactly. And that, again, it, it breaks it up a little bit too much for me. I, I would, If it was like a quick trigger, like swap, 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 I think that might serve it a little better. But I maybe feel like the, want... ra- the the radial menu was it was actually pretty quick for me. I was able to kind of move. I I just want to do. I want to break down the game a little bit more. Uh, mm-hmm. It is two point five D. You're on a two D plane, but the yeah. the background and foreground are rendered beautifully in a realistic three D space. Sometimes you'll see very interesting things like robot dinosaurs in the background or dilapidated buildings. You see the the cityscape that's like been destroyed, and. Uh, you use different sensors on a radial menu for things like finding enemies' weakness, finding enemies, period, because you're essentially blind and you don't see them unless you have that sensor going. And also you solve puzzles using uh, different heat, like there's a heat meter where you can find heat, sound, different things like that, uh, ammo, health pickups. So you have to use these different sensors to do different functions of the game. And while I can see... There being at least uh, some sort of statement stating that you would prefer to have just that being a capability of the character. I think that these sensors are made in very specific use cases, like tools in a toolbox. Mm-hmm. So I had I was actually finding it pretty nice to like attack, attack, switch sensor, run away, grab a health pack, heal, switch sensor, and I could still hit like criticals that all of a sudden like one of the sensors lets you hit their weak point, so you all of a sudden the time slows down and you have like a very small window where you can attack uh i just found it very hard though that was the thing for me was that it was just it was pretty brutal and unforgiving so i died a couple of times in this demo okay this could have been just been a case of joel's bad at this game syndrome here like it's i i did not like the whole invisibility thing and i think you can do invisibility well in these kind of games it's still not my favorite thing but i i felt the whole like you walked up to him i didn't see much of a visual cue and I only encountered it when I hit them like a wall. And then you had to sort of quickly jump on that and attack it to be able to start the chain and not get hit by it. And my eyes just might have been in bad shape right now. I'm not sure, but it's a, it's, you see foot, you hear like little spots that are footsteps. Cause I remember a couple of times as I was fishing an enemy, seeing footsteps behind me and turning around mm-hmm. and sort of attacking that person because I didn't want to get, you know, encircled. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's more about the fact that it, for me, it's the art design, <clears throat> you being this uh, this kind of cyber samurai, and then also your other your your left hand is a shotgun. Mm-hmm. So that's like a very cool maneuver that 
Uh, you can stun enemies, and then you just grab them and put your hand to their face and, like, shoot them. It's, like, pretty brutal. It slows down. It zooms in a little bit. You get a whole animation for it. And then <clears throat> if you could get a flow, which was – it was very – <clears throat> I'm probably not going to say difficult, but I think that there was like a, you really had to work for the flow. And I got a couple yeah. where it felt good to switch between attacking multiple enemies, but then it'd be very quick where I stopped for a second and then just kind of wander. And all of a sudden I just get attacked by three different guys I didn't see. So it, it just like, again, you, you have to find the flow and then get there and stay there. Otherwise you feel like if you kind of come unfocused, you're just going to get wiped. And uh, yeah. that's where I, I felt like, I'm like, oh, this is just really unforgiving you have to be like very precise so i got i got <clears throat> stuck in one part of the tutorial because i shot all my bullets and then they the tutorial was to like to stun them with the bullets. oh yeah <laughs> uh yeah again this is probably a case of me not uh having the greatest skill for this kind of thing but it, it is well made like it, it is a very very nice looking game uh the movement looks good it has neat sort of uh intriguing characters and world because it's one of those games you're sort of dropped in without any sort of history you're just like oh this is you now what happened to me we'll find out later let's go so like it's it, it has an interesting setup at least yeah and then you will see a building and you'll be walking and all of a sudden you'll fall through the ceiling and he goes what happened i fell through solid ground and he goes oh your sensors haven't been updated let's update your sensors and it's like then all of a sudden the building is completely half destroyed and you're like wait what mm-hmm. happened here it does play a little bit with what you can what you think is there and what you see is not real because your sensors are all off Hmm. so it does have like interesting puzzles where you have to find switches or find the the map layouts and you have to like update your brain you know by plugging into it and then getting all everything updated so then you can see things again enemies are invisible but once you attack them a few times you start to you start to learn your sensors start to learn them more so that you they become fully fleshed out enemies that you can see things like that they play a lot with the idea that you're not everything is exactly what you see and i kind of guarantee that that's gonna how that's gonna end up how it plays out at the end you know if like when this game comes out i feel like the story will end up being like ah you were fooled all along your eyes are wrong and the sensors are wrong (laughs) you're not in the latest firmware update (laughs) turns out you were on the bad update makes you evil you were the evil villain you know Haha. Which is Linux cool. is the hero. Yeah. There we got Alex's attention. <laughs> uh, speaking it's of all Alex about running free software. It's Linux, I tell ya. That that robot wasn't running Linux. <laughs> uh, speaking of getting Alex's attention, Alec Did you get a chance to play Seventh Chance? I did. Um, seventh Chance is a interactive story we call those walking simulators yeah just kidding (laughs) yeah no i mean there was a lot of walking yeah you start off at this campsite it's a really short game we'll probably spend more time talking about it than it takes (laughs) to actually beat it maybe uh you start off at this campsite you wake up next to a burned out campfire and like three bottles of hooch and to find that your campsite has been destroyed, a boulder fell on it. And you go looking for help and, oh, hey, look, there's your house. And you go around to different areas and 
maybe make some choices. Kind of? Not, yeah. Kind of. You, you, I think you always have a choice. I didn't quite notice it the first time I went through it. Because mm-hmm. the first one I hit was the wine. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that one. So, so each of them is kind of like tied to a vice of some sort. And it's it's all a map of, like, the home is the main area. You go walk up to it. The door's locked. Then there's trails to different sections that have each sort of, like, a choice. The wine one was kind of funny because the other, a lot of the other ones were, like, choose this or choose that. That's sitting right here. That one is, like, choose this and then no other choices. You had to know to turn around and walk back out to get a certain choice out of it. Yeah, oh, I didn't okay. realize. See, I didn't. It told you at the end that there was a choice, but I didn't understand, and I didn't play it a second time. So I kind of just was like, I don't know what they mean. Maybe there was an extra area I didn't explore. Like I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah I I got the <clears throat> quote unquote bad ending first, and I I did the whole like, oh, there's wine. I'll drink it. Okay. <laughs> so like, I I had to go back to try again just to see what changes or what different happened on it. Because uh, it's such a short game, like Alex said. I, I think I took a total of 25, 30 minutes playing this thing in the two endings. But that was one of them. That was kind of funny. There was one where it is the TV sets. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you go to a TV set. I, of course, picked TV the first time when I played. But then if you keep <sighs> walking, it'll be, like, a hugely long trail. And I forget what's sitting back there for you. But basically, it yeah. It's just a door. There you go. <laughs> so, like it, it's that is the right choice uh, to avoid that trap. And then there's one that's like, you know, it's like a bathroom. And it's like choose your wife or choose Playboys. <laughs> the one I wasn't actually certain about was the um, the money. Like, do you choose the money or do you light it on fire? Which one is? I obviously I feel like. The greedy choice is to choose the money. Yeah. But is it necessarily like it? It might be pride to mm. like some. Of, it's not clear on a lot of them. Like I, I the think thing that, with. I think pride was the the phone call. So which the, also could yeah. have been wrath though, because the choice was pick up the phone or smash it. Hmm. See, I mean, I'm pretty I didn't sure the realize part where there was multiple breath, options. I saw a thing that said, answer the phone. I hit the button. <laughs> so that's kind of why I was like, like I, I didn't I didn't play through the second time because I was like, I don't know that it thinks that there is other options. I don't and know that, what other options a, it's referring to. And, and that's a fair thing because it's, you know, we've already talked about it. It's not the clearest how you make the choice or if there are multiple choices uh, on some of these. But it uh, it is one you have to definitely be aware of the fact that you're making choices when you go up to it if you want to have uh, a meaningful input on it. But the thing is, I, did you guys get just one or two endings on here? I, got, I only got one. I only got one. Okay. So the first ending is, I guess, if you choose one of the bad vices, it go, it just lists off every single seven deadly sin. Yeah. And then it says, like, and that's why she left you. Yes. Right. Uh and then you respawn basically back to the <laughs> the point where uh, your tent is down and the 
concrete's on or the boulders on so like it, it it is doing the whole like oh i'm stuck in an endless cycle now because of this kind of thing and i don't now, know something i wasn't sure about was what about the two items that aren't connected to a vice to a sin which ones were those the backpack and the laptop let's see so the backpack you pick it up and it's like oh she always hated camping but she got me this because she knew i w- and because she, she wanted me to enjoy it does that matter it was sitting by a tree. It was easy to miss. No, I got that one. I wasn't sure about that one. Yeah. Either. I mean, that's... I don't know. I don't know what's in that. <laughs> that's a fair did question. You, did you pick it up when you got the good ending? I guess. Uh, you know, I don't even know if I touched the backpack area when I got the good ending. <laughs> so maybe the choice was to leave it there. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know... But the the good ending, it lists off all the same stuff from the bad ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what the last line is, but like it adds a line that says something akin to like, uh, but you can move on from this or something like that. Or, or but you'll be okay. Something like that. Like it, it, it has this sort of like half like, okay, things aren't quite as shitty. <laughs> she She's still going to be gone, but <laughs> you learned a lesson today. <laughs> Well, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. I can tell that this person is trying to relay an experience he had uh, through the medium of video games. That that's what I gather through this. Um, Maybe I I like that it both shows that you were given multiple chances, and it just kind of through the title just straight includes you into. We're talking about the seven deadly sins here, people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which that I got. And I, I definitely, I uh, have enjoyed my fair share of like these kinds of games. You see like interactive stories uh, in this one. I, I definitely liked the way it looked. I liked the way it felt. And uh, it was more that, I, yeah, I just didn't, I did not understand that there was a choice. So I didn't get a whole lot of meaningful uh, agency there. I was like, oh, okay. I guess that's. I guess I'm a bad person. That's how I took the ending. I was like, oh, I guess my character's a bad person. Which, okay, yeah, got it. Nailed it. <laughs> and, uh, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't take any, a whole lot of agency out of there because I, because I didn't understand that. Which is, you know, mm-hmm. still not... I, I am absolutely not putting that on the fault of the game. I'm saying that I did not understand that. So, But uh, yeah, so, I, I think this one just came out. Uh, yeah, last, last that's month. part of why I jumped on it because it, it was inexpensive. We got a discount for it being uh, newly released, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's a it's a low cost of entry. You you can skip a cup of coffee and play this, and, yeah. and experience it for yourself. But where uh, do you get a cup of coffee for under three dollars? Local places. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, as long as I'm not going to Starbucks here, I'm okay. Okay, where do you get a cup of good coffee for under $3? At home. (laughs) Alex, a coffee snob. I am. That's fine. Now, uh... But it's still worth it. Absolutely. Now, I want to talk about Joel being a Zelda snob. Joel, you're a Zelda snob. Zelda light is not a thing. 
Well, I, you know what is a Me- Zelda Metroid, <laughs> Metroidvania is, is like barely a thing that got brought in because of legacy usage from <laughs> old old video game magazines. But like Zelda Light is not a thing. I, I, the thing that bothers me about Metroidvania is there is one Castlevania game that really fit the bill when that game was co- when that term was coined when it was, that coined, was Symphony yeah. of the Night. It's like all these we've got a bunch of Metroid games and one Castlevania game and suddenly Metroidvanias. Arguably, Castlevania was the more popular one and the better one. Hmm. I said arguably. I understand that this is up for debate and probably a hot take. I said arguably. I, that I, I actually I think that's tougher than how, how Alec feels. <laughs> just it, it's just spicy. I uh, I mean send your complaints to mail at superggradio.com. There you go. Uh, all right. So speaking of Zelda likes Joel, we played Death's Door. Uh, Death's Door. I I got a chance to re- uh, review this one, and uh, I think everybody should play Death's Door. Death's Door is my current game of the year. There, I said it. <laughs> Good conversation. Yep. It, okay, so I mean, it's <laughs> it's kind of that tilt camera down, like the the old uh, style with you know obviously Link's Awakening, that mm-hmm. pan down camera look. It's not claymation, but it does look very. It's three D rendered, but the characters look like Studio Ghibli. They look like Tim Burton. You're a crow, who. T- I, I like the fact that it's a fantasy world, but it starts out, you're a crow riding the bus. Yeah. Take it in a, in a crappy city, and there's trash everywhere. Everyone's smoking in your face. You have to go through security. You try to show him your badge, and he's like, I don't give a shit. And <laughs> you go to your desk job, and your job is you have to go reap souls, and they're kind of annoyed because there, there's been a shortage of souls that need to be reaped. But you got one. And you fucked up your last one, so this is probably your last chance. Go reap that soul with your little sword, crow. Do they tell you how you screwed up the last one, or do you have to f- uncover that? Uh, I don't think the story is regarding that. It's just more like the fact that you like your guy gets on the bus and he just looks so depressed and he's just kind of bummed. It's like, ah, oh, crap, going in again. It's, it's table dressing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm saying it's really good table dressing for when they open a, like a magic door and then you go in and all of a sudden you're now in this like fantasy fantasy world with like goblins and uh scarecrow men and 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 moving castles like cathedral castles that are giant and shooting laser beams out of their faces that was absurd i, I felt like i was playing kingdom hearts for a minute when i got to that point that boss was impressive and that's kind of what i yeah, think about it was very about, visually about, stunning it's nice and early it's very detailed, right? It's very detailed down to the buttresses and the little, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it's really detailed, really well worked. And it's, it's, it's again, that, that, that tried and true uh, formula where you're wandering around the world, you find keys and hidden objects that you just go around a corner and you find like a hidden extra like uh, points to level up or you find hidden keys and then you go and lock different doors and you find and you expand to different areas and like oh you get part of a you end up part of something bigger than yourself because you're just a lowly office worker but all of a sudden now the fate of the world is kind of in the balance and uh you're kind of like well i guess i got to do this thing now yeah basically like a, a big old old crow <laughs> like uh comes up and then he opens this death's door which is basically a floating obelisk, a black obelisk, 
that's meant to be like a doorway for the souls and it need it basically needs the souls to be satisfied right is that yeah. how i remember it yeah yeah otherwise it'll consume the whole world or whatever so uh it, it is good you know and the the combat isn't much of anything new you got a slash you have a roll uh, you have a charge and, and a projectile weapon. You get more weapons and upgrade types as you go along. But it's the aesthetic, that very like uh, dark gothic kind of feel to a lot of spaces. Uh, the characters are interesting. So the first area I'm in right now is the Urnwitch. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Urnwitch has a son. Yep. His Her, her son uh, got spellcasted on by her. And he has a pot for a head. <laughs> His name is Pothead. No, he's called Pothead for the rest yeah. of the game. Yeah. Yeah, but he's also, like, talking almost regally, too. <laughs> like, he keeps trying like to this. offer you soup from his head. Yes. Yes. They, did they ever well, specify what kind of soup? Uh, I think so, but I can't remember at the moment. What would be the worst Probably. soup punishment to be spellcasted? Uh, hmm. If you had to have soup in your head in a pot, what would be the worst soup? I think it'd be borscht. I'm yes. not sure what borscht is. Yeah, uh, it is a cold, cold tomato soup. A beet, beet, and beet. Yeah. Hmm. I I feel like just a straight chili might be worse than that. I mean, at least the chili's warm. Yeah, but that smell meaty. like while chili smells delicious, I that, feel like I can only like like if I eat chili. I'm pumped for like the next, and I make a big vat of chili. I'm pumped for like a week, but after that, I'm like, man, that chili is really that smell is still in this house. That's and, and remember that guy is not cycling out old soup for new soup. It's the same soup, yeah. <laughs> wherever he goes, that's some so gnarly what, once, soup. Once he's out of soup, he's dead. No, no, but I he's don't think he's making a fresh there. pot of soup though and putting it up there. Maybe it's magical soup, and he just like tips it out. And then he's got new soup. See, now, I think just nobody wants a soup. Chick- uh, uh, cream nobody of chicken soup, soup, man. A little lemon. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, with a little rice in there. I, that's that's any, what I want in my pothead. No, no. Cream of anything because that would go rancid the quickest. No, again, this is a magic pot. I'm talking about the magic pot. Mm. I well, think then, a, lob- a lobster bisque. I think that's the, ooh. the choice. Choice. For Wait, are we still talking good or are we still talking bad? Good. Do we switch no, we're talking, to good? We switched to good. 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 Oh, I missed that. Alec, what would be your ideal soup? <laughs> Honestly, it'd probably be a good creamy tomato soup because that goes so great with grilled cheese. I'd just have a grilled cheese and be like, blonk. That that really does. All the time. The, the, the rare times I go to Panera or Kelly and I go to Panera and pick something up, it's like soup in a bread bowl, creamy tomato soup. Because like you're, you're eating half that loaf of bread <laughs> just by dipping it in <laughs> the soup. You're hot yeah, dipping. Uh, you're hot dipping that soup, huh, Alec? Oh yeah, I'm hot dipping that soup. I'm hot dipping everything. Okay, Alec hot dips everything. We'll note that. Write it down. I'll write it down. I don't I'll actually know what that means. Neither do I. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. That, so uh, for me, it's it's the, the aesthetic, but also I think that you know you have a a dash, a, an attack, a powered up attack, a bow and arrow. You don't. I don't feel like you need a whole lot more. Like, I feel like it does enough that it's like, you know, like the only thing like I could have thought was that maybe they could throw in the stamina meter from dark souls, but it's not necessary. Mm -hmm. I just think that like the game stands up well enough on its own. The enemies 
have very particular attack patterns that if you watch for like a minute, you'll kind of understand what's next and where to go now. So it just feels like it doesn't have extra bloat. It's just the goodness. A stamina meter wouldn't work for this kind of game. There's too many mobs outside of actual like big baddies around and where it would become too much to handle. And this game, what's good about the stuff they do add, a lot of times it's just a puzzle-solving tool. Mm-hmm. So like you get, a, you get a fireball shot eventually, and you use those to fire big urns to light them on fire to open different doors and stuff at a point. So it's... You know, it, it, that is where it is kind of Zelda-like, uh, getting a new ability or item, using that as a dungeon device, and then being able to move on from that. Now, that and the hookshot. You haven't gotten the hookshot yet, but that thing is banging because not only does it uh, take you across large gaps, it uh, it definitely it puts you right up against an enemy. Okay. So you can pull up to an enemy, three attack, pull up to another enemy, three attack like you know, do your attack three times and that's that's kind of if for mo- most fodder enemies that it's roughly three mm-hmm. attacks that'll finish them so if you just you could just jump from enemy to enemy to enemy in a real quick succession it's it's really satisfying hmm. yeah it it's very good i uh i'm too early into it right now so i I need to, well, I'm probably like less than a third there right now <laughs> oh well that, i'm just i just mean just in general i don't I don't see a lot, like I haven't found a lot wrong with it. And that's kind of where, that's where I stand is that I can always like, oh, I guess this could be better. This could be better. But like the music reminds me of Ori in the Blind Forest. It's just very well orchestrated and beautiful. And like whenever a game, uh, you know, comes with like, oh, you can can get the soundtrack. And I'm always like, well, hold on. You got to earn, you got to earn the (laughs) fact that you need a soundtrack. Like, I I mean, a lot of people like video game music, but sometimes I feel like somebody like, get the soundtrack. And I'm like, it's ambient noise. Got it. I don't, but this one is is soundtrack worthy. It mm. is concert series worthy. I would go to a concert of Death Store's music because it's very good. It like puts me in the mood. And then uh, one of my favorite Dark Souls thing is shortcuts. Only because of how complicated the world is. So... Um, it's the idea in you know like in in, in the Metroidvania vein, uh, going through a whole path, opening a new door, looking down and finding out that oh this was the other way from the other place I was in, this is a new path to the other place. So you find that you were just you kind of went in a circle and went back to a new place, but you found a new door. This does that, but since it's that angled three D style. You actually see paths in the foreground and the under, like lower above you and below you. And mm. you'll eventually get there and you can look down and see, oh, I was down there earlier and I found a shortcut ladder that took me up here. And it's, it's just layered on top of each other very intricately. Right. And the, these areas are dated off sometimes with really interesting mechanics. The dungeon I'm in right now, they've got little... Uh, like trams you know and they have i think dragon's head or a lion's head on it on both sides you to move it you have to slash the actual end of it and then it'll sort of like zoom forward a little bit until you get to the other end or uh you know urns that you have to fill with fire while you're going down a conveyor belt and somebody's shooting like little tin can explosions at you during it it's just one dungeon in i can feel the quality of it it's it's something where like I do, I do think the aesthetics and the music 
are what really stick out about it the most. But the gameplay is solid. You know, like you said, there, there's no fat there. And I think that's going to carry through the rest of the game from what I'm hearing from you. So I'm, I'm looking forward to finishing it. Yeah. And I, I cannot, I've, I have independently messaged several, several friends just going, hey, have you played Death Door yet? No, I'm kind of thinking about it. No, play Death Door. You should, you should play Death Door. <laughs> and in fact, I told you, I sent you a message to go, I should probably play this uh, beta test, but I uh, kind of want to keep playing Death Door. And then like you texted like the next day, I should be playing that beta test. But I kind of want to keep playing Death Door. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm not wrong. You know, I uh, reviewed it for the Third Coast Review. On a whim, that was a that was a fun surprise. I, third Coast Review was just kind of had a couple lists of codes that no one was touching. And I was like, well, I should probably grab something here because I feel bad I haven't reviewed for them in a bit. And I was like, oh, oh, this is not... I forgot about this game. I kind of just mm-hmm. picked it at a whim and... Glad I did. I, I gave it the highest rating that uh, uh, Third Coast Review does, which is four out of four. So uh, I really like sure. four out of four pots. Four out of four pots. Shout out to Potheads. I'm going to uh, have to put this on my wish list. It sounds like uh, I I would recommend it highly. Shout out to Potheads is not going to be the episode. <laughs> uh, it, it's twenty bucks. I think it's on sale right now. And uh, not on sale, but twenty dollars. Also, Devolver having a great year. Yeah, this uh, Boomerang X. They've they've had some hits. Uh, what was Loop Hero? Loop, I did not also play that. Also fantastic. One. Yeah, Loop Hero was great. I I bought it on a whim again after we previewed it and i accidentally stayed up for like four hours after i meant to go to bed but that's one of those games that you could like passively play to some extent yes but like you're sitting there and it's like oh oh hey look loop hero oh here's my phone loop hero phone loop hero oh god it's four hours later joel the way that game works is that you're in it there's a big path and your character just walks it on its own and you just equip new gear and build out the world around it, but for the most part, your character is huh. just going in a circle. Automatically. That sounds like a TV show on the background game. Yeah. Sadly, it's only on PC. It, hmm. it is. It's dead it's to me. Al- it's almost an idle game, but it is the best kind of idle game. Yeah, because as soon as you go idle, you, you realize you're fucked. You don't pay attention, and all of a sudden, your guy's <laughs> getting swamped by like 17 enemies, and you're like, oh, crap. I, I'm taking this is not a graphically intensive game. No. Oh, God, no. Okay, so I should be able to play it on a laptop yes. then. Yeah. We're, we're back on. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> now, uh, them some good betas. I'll tell you what. Looking forward to some more next week if I ever stop playing Loop Hero. Or Death Store. Shit. I'll be right back. <laughs> Hey news, video games are art. Prove me wrong. That's got a good setup. I actually like that setup pretty well. Uh, now uh, it's news. It's time for the news. We got lots of pieces of news. Uh, there are several uh, news articles out there, uh, specifically about uh, Activision, 
Blizzard and Ubisoft, uh, Activision uh, owning Blizzard. And in those cases, we don't feel like it would be in our best veins to uh, go in depth on something that we don't have uh, a lot to contribute other than uh, we feel like people deserve respect. People deserve bare minimum rights. Like at the bare minimum, they deserve human rights and to be treated like humans. Uh, Let's all just do better. Let's just do better. Now, uh, moving on. I'll try, Alex. I'm sorry. What was that? I'm sorry. I'll try. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, So continuing on uh, with our news, uh, Snoop Dogg was streaming while muted for six straight days. Uh, There are several pieces to talk about. Let's let's break this down. First off, Snoop Dogg already busted for streaming and playing video games, uh, then lighting uh, uh, blunts, but uh, his character kept moving and shooting. So already... Not, not someone that I believe is clearly understanding of what is currently going on in his Twitch streams. Secondly, the other response was some of his music, some of his stream was muted due to having music in the background, but also his Twitch streams aren't for, quote unquote, for him to play video games with the fans, but they're supposed to be, quote unquote, a backstage look into Snoop and his life. Okay. Conspiracy theory time. Yep. Snoop Dogg knows exactly what's happening on his streams. Uh, he doesn't care that somebody else is playing what's being streamed as he's sitting there smoking and playing what he wants and pretending that like he's actually doing something. So are you? is your conspiracy that Snoop Dogg is not a gamer and he's just using this as an excuse to watch his games? I'm a Snoop truther, yes. I like that. Snoop truthers. Snoop Truthers Unite. I don't, I don't. All right, so I'm not, I don't want to get on any kind of high horse here, but I will say I'm not a huge fan of uh, celebrity Twitch streamers outside of T-Pain. T-Pain, T-Pain for life. Love that man. That guy I feel is legit. Everybody else, I don't, ugh. I haven't seen any of T-Pain's streams. Oh, he's the man. Uh, but like the singer of Corn, get out of here. I don't need that shit. Mark Hoppus, I didn't want to watch your Twitch streams, but you're very sick, so I'm very sorry. Anyway, I just, yeah, celebrities getting into the streaming game. I'm, I'm out. I don't, yeah, get out of here. Stoop Dog, you don't play games. Monster Hunter Legends of the <laughs> Guild CGI Netflix show. Uh, this looks kind of cool. Did you guys take a look at the trailer? No. No. All right. It is. It <laughs> is. It is the story of a boy who lives in a village, and one of the elder dragons uh, is coming on a war path, as they do. If you remember Joel, uh, Monster Hunter World, and his village is in the way of the elder dragon. Yes. And he runs into a bunch of monster hunters, who will then train him to be an adequate hunter, including hunting and gathering the materials to make those giant pieces of armor and weapons. To stop the Elder Dragon from tearing down a city. And uh, they have the Palicos who talk. Now, which Elder Dragon is it? Because this is important. Because, like, um, Palidium Mors, that's fine. But if it is uh, Nicol Bowles... 
No. Nicholas Bolas? Neither of them. Uh, no, you stay the fuck out of Nicole Bolas's way. It was neither of those. It's, uh, I'm trying to think of which one it was. I'm looking it up right now because. This line of questioning works a lot better if Getty were here because this is magic questions. Just ignore me. Oh, okay, good. Okay, good. I am just rusty enough about magic that I'm out of the loop. Sorry. Also, I also, can't, you're, played, one of the magic games Getty. just went under. We never talked about that, but a magic game was supposed to come out and they just shut it down. What game mm. was it? The, no, uh, Palladium Morris and Nicol Bolas were like some of the original Elder Dragon legends. Yeah, I guess I had no cool friends with Elder Dragons. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Magic Legends. Well, now, now the only Elder Dragon left alive is Nicol Bolas because he killed all the others. Alec, you know My Magic, Magic Legends? Chaos Confetti. Is that the one with the, the live action one? The, the action RPG one? Yeah, it looks like Diablo, I think. Yeah, I didn't end up playing it. I wanted to, but Windows has been kind of a jerk to me lately, so I've been doing everything on Linux, and it's only, I only saw it on Epic for a while. I haven't checked up on it recently. Yeah, don't worry, I got canceled. Oh, okay. <laughs> what was that card that you, you rip up and turn, and turn into uh, confetti? Chaos Confetti. It was Chaos one Confetti. Of- it was one of the joke cards that they did packs for for a while. Yeah, uh, un- it was the original unglued set. Yes, I-, I got one pack of those. My favorite was always uh, there was a character, and his special attribute was Denim Walker. <laughs> ah. And so, like the <gasps> Alex, cer- certain characters will have something like ability called Planeswalker, which is like if your enemy has a Plains land on the field they can attack without being blocked. Okay. Uh, denim Walker, the joke was, if your opponent is wearing denim, they can attack without being blocked. Oh, that's funny. I am not wearing denim. <laughs> uh, Getty had a magic set that was like that, where the cards were like... And it was a, it's, a, it's a game that is, that is magic, but it's trying to be joke magic. So it would say, like, mm-hmm. if your opponent's not mm-hmm. looking, take one of the cards from their, their discard deck. Things like that. Where it, it, and it, that's what, it was the game, but it was the same exact rules of Magic, and I think it was, it, it was supposed to be a playoff of it. That, that yeah, they've fun. done uh, <laughs> three total sets. Unglued, Unhinged, and I don't remember the newest Unset. That might have been it, though, because uh, this was like a year ago that Getty was uh, making me play it. Yeah, I think we played it at uh, Steve's Going Away Party. There we go. That sounds right. Next piece of news, Dead Space 1's getting a remake. I am hyped. I will play this game again. Joel, so will you, and you will pee your pants. Again's the wrong uh, word to attach to that. but No, you're going to play this game, though. That's <laughs> this what I'm saying. I'm going to make sure you well, play this game. You should play this game, Joel. Do, do I need to wait for an HD version? Yes. Because I've got a nice dusty copy sitting on my Steam right now. Wait for the HD version. Let's, ex- let's, okay. well, let, let's wait for reviews. How about that, huh? All right. Okay. Deal. Okay. Dead Space 1 is very good. And that story was good all the way through, but the 3 wasn't very good. Uh, <laughs> two other last pieces of news that I want to knock out is just more announcements for the games that we have beta tested in the past. Good Night comes out September 3rd. Good Night being uh, the game where your knight was, in the, was uh, walking in a circle. And you had to avoid a bullet hell shooter's ball, like kind of knocking him back and forth. 
So, uh, good night, a night with a K, and then Trash Sailors, uh, release date August 30th. I have damn near tried to record a beta breakdown for Trash Sailors like four times. Four times. I'll get it one day, at least before the game comes that, out. That's that's how good the game is. You're, you're willing to waste four times as much time trying to record beta footage <laughs> before it comes out. Yeah, there was that one that yeah. we did mm-hmm. one that failed, and I just said, nope, I'm scrapping the whole thing. Freebies. Now you've got a deadline, though, for it. You've got a month, man. I know. i got to write it down on the Trello board. I have started a Trello board to make this podcast work and not work it's as in function, swimmingly. work as in this is now a job. Oh, yep. Yep, I'm gonna get fired pretty quick. Get that review out going. It's on your it's on your card. That card is for you. Yep. I'm working on it. Freebies! Freebies this week. Diabolic. Diabolic is a quake like shooter where you are little circle robots. And I mean circle as in you're just like a ball with legs, but you can customize the ball mm. as you get cosmetics. But it is a quake shooter. No. That's diabolical. What is diabolic? I don't know diabolic. Next one, uh, the art <laughs> metamorphosis. I'm gonna look up diabolic. Uh, the art metamorphosis. Uh, that one looked very cool. I can't remember what it is though. And then it uh, is a puzzle game where you have to arrange the fragments of a picture in the correct sequence. Uh, so nice, uncomplicated. I think uh, interest. It does have interesting looking art. So if you want just some very pretty colors and things that look like adult coloring books then that's probably your speed Hmm. okay now do you mean coloring books for adults or like rate nc-17 coloring books uh pg let's go pg this is this is like a uh a a doofy movie not uh you know not a on flux well i was trying to think of an inappropriate version of a doofy movie but i i flummoxed myself so uh, and nope. Diabolic actually looks a little bit like a 2D pixel art, but still top-down uh, Diablo that look that turns like into like a bullet hell. This looks intense. I actually might get this one. Um, Verdun. Verdun on the Epic Game Store. Uh, then we also got Defense Grid, The Awakening on Epic Game Store. Um, let's see here. Verdun is actually like a more, like a realistic world, like World War Let's see, World War One shooter. Uh, it's very slow, but very realistic. So if you're looking for more of that realism, and uh, Defense Grid: The Awakening, it's like an alien shooter. Oh yeah. Oh no, this is uh, this is more like a uh, tower defense, tower defense against aliens. So, you got some options this week: Defense Grid, Verdun, Art Metamorphosis, and Diabolic. Uh, now news. Video games are art. No one thinks Duke Nukem is art. Fine, I recant. Let's take a break. back back with the backlog blog where we play games kevin forced me to play just like he played metal gear solids all of them i had to play frog fractions 3 now i did want to correct 
the record, it is Frog Fractions 3. Frog Fractions 2 was the ARG that led to Frog Fractions 3. The what? Alec, do you not know what an ARG is? I do not. An ARG is essentially a scavenge, a real-life scavenger hunt. But the scavenger... Oh, augmented reality game? Yes, but the scavenger hunt end up being like, here is a secret sound file that you have to play backwards and then also encrypt in a different language and then you'll get this secret message that'll tell you to go to this other thing. And in, and in this case, Frog Fractions 3 was found... Uh, there were secret codes found in in like 10 to 12 other indie games. So there was pieces of different codes in multiple different indie games and in hidden messages and hidden windows and hidden audio files that led to people... Uh, the game wasn't released until everyone had found all the, that info. And then on top of that, to play Frog Fractions 3, I had to play roughly an hour and a half of a game called Glitter Mitten Grove. <laughs> so that's why I, I kind of want to talk about this because we got to break it down. First off, I had to buy a game called Glitter Mitten Grove. And in that, you are a fairy village. You get fairies. You can assign them two different jobs. A la Warcraft, but it's 2D. You'll go collect. You dig. You, uh, you know, you go collect fruit. You collect wood. We're going to chop down this tree. But there's sunlight, and you could have to plant new trees in the sunlight so then you can get more wood. But you don't want to chop them down too much because then the trees won't grow again, etc., etc. You can either go build up to the sky or dig down deep. But once you do that, you will find a hidden door. It'll take you to Frog Fractions 3. So that's kind of where we're at and there is a little fairy like little pop-up text box that pops up and they'll give you a little advice and that continues throughout all of frog fractions three so just bring that up wherever you're playing frog fractions three a little fairy will pop up and tell you a little piece of info um it's a very cute touch now frog fractions three is an ascii art game so you are yes good alec i'm sorry ascii is that not how you pronounce it ascii i said ascii no, you said ASCII. Oh, I think I'm like being in, I'm being I'm being more emphatic. I'm not adding an extra S. In my head, oh, okay. it's A S C I I. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was being. I refuse to say it. Right. <laughs> but I was being emphatic. So, uh, you know, title uh, Joel t- title of the episode maybe ASCII with that with an extra S. We'll think about that. Um, okay, so you're in an ASCII art world. Uh, so everything is very you know you're a, you're kind of a spec. Uh, you're you're a smiley face. And you're wandering around, and you kind of have to figure out and assume what the world is. It's all there. You know, like you Pitfall Harry, right? You can kind of get through, if you're looking at the original Pitfall, that those are alligators in the pond, right? Yeah. But you don't naturally, like you kind of look at it, and you kind of got to say, well, that kind of looks. In this game, like a spade is a gorilla. So you see a little spade, purple spade symbol, that's a gorilla. Things like that, where you kind of have to, um, an at symbol's a fish. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to, like, kind of figure out what that means, because it changes, as in you will go into uh, a, uh, a dungeon, and you'll, you'll end up being 2D, and it, but it's the same, everything looks the same, but all of a sudden your guy goes, make, he jumps now, and you're jumping 2D to, like, figure this out. And 
there's laser beams and there's hidden there's a fish that will tell you facts but none of the facts are true and uh once you kind of get the and you have a sword that you have to you know put it at a different angle to attack because if you have it up like, but it also plays a little bit where like if you're trying to go through a small corridor your sword gets in the mm-hmm. way so there's a lot of that in there but once you get past that you see the whole world and you've done it you are trying to find very specific keys and you collect them you collect i think it was uh 12 keys when when you go to collect a key it opens a mini game and the mini games are games uh, so from my understanding and i've and i've kind of seen some documentaries and discussion with this developer his idea is he makes bite-sized little mini games that are like 15 minute games he'll make it and like he'll just whip it up and that's where frog fractions comes in is that he needs a way to put them all together Hmm. so the when you get the keys you get to play these mini games one of some of my favorites end up being um you know uh, alec you've played clickers Oh, yeah. Have you ever played um, Venture Capitalist? Yeah. Where you're trying to, like, you buy stocks and, and sell stocks? Yeah, yeah, you buy a stock and unlocks the next stock, which produces more of the first stock, and yeah. So yeah. there's a game called Flappy Bird, where you had to keep tapping, or you got, you're like, to, to, to fly, you had to keep tapping the screen, but also then he'll be going through Mario pipes, and if you touch the Mario pipes, you're dead. So you have to, like, tap at the right time to kind of keep him going. Now... Imagine venture capitalist where the more stock you buy, the higher angle your flappy bird goes, the more you sell, the more he drops. And you're trying to go through the pipes while selling and buying oh. stock. <laughs> I, that sounds terrible because then you've also got like things making the stock. So you have to adjust that yeah. and how fast you sell. Mm-hmm. That and, uh, sounds awesome and terrible. And to, to, beat, uh, to get the keys, you have to beat these games. Or at least get to a point where it gives you the key. It doesn't like it's not you don't beat it, but you know you get to a point where it gives you the key. Um, mm-hmm. One of my my favorite, the two favorites for me were there's one that it's I think it's called Battle Chess. Not, maybe it's not Battle Chess. It's something else. But the way it works is that imagine chess, but imagine no turns. Everyone can go. You can go. I can go at the same time. But the problem is every chess piece has a cooldown. So if you move a piece, you better be sure that that's the piece you want to move. Because if I have a piece that can knock it out, you can't move it again because it's got a cooldown. You can maybe block it if you have another piece. But it's all pieces are viable and everybody goes whenever you want. So it's just you versus me. Let's just move pieces as fast as we can. But, you know, you got to wait five seconds before moving that piece. You know what I mean? That's wild. I, uh, th- this all sounds like insanity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of is. Right, it's that, just, just kind of fun. That one's kind of cool. I think that's neat. The whole chest and see. Yeah, that one's good. Um, pole position was my my least favorite one. You are a car. You're a race car in a race, and there are barber poles at the top, and you have to sing the right frequency that lines up with the barber pole. Mm-hmm. So uh, you just have to sing and hope, and it'll show you a meter of how close you are, and then once it lines up, your car goes. But it <laughs> changes the the pole, the barbershop pole will turn, and you got to keep raising and lowering your pitch to kind of get there. Hmm. Um, there's a shave Obama simulator where you have to shave uh, the president, <laughs> and at one point he has to disarm a bomb by shaving it. 
you know, you have to cut all the heck, the long hair first, then lather up, then shave, then wash it all off. And it's, you only have like a minute in each round. Ah. And uh, the last one I want to bring up is, I believe it's called Klaxis. Uh, I want to say, let's see if I can find it here. Because this one, uh, the, oh, uh, Spaxorus, Spaxorus. You are the roommate of a, a xenomorph, the aliens from Alien. And your job is to passive aggressively annoy him until he wants to move out. <laughs> so you do things like look at his weird alien porn and leave it out. Clo- you know, go <laughs> poop in his toilet and not flush. Move the the TV just a quarter inch to the left. You know, don't leave all the dishes in the in the sink and not and like they're all dirty. Do stuff like that, and you see a meter filling with his annoyance, while also at the same time. You're trying not to get caught because you're moving throughout the house, just doing this stuff, and he keeps like going and reacting to it. So he'll go to the dishes and be pissed off and start cleaning them, and then when he's not looking, go to his room and start like, like you know, you can go on his Facebook and post horrible things, or you can go on your Facebook and just talk, or you you can call uh, his friends and talk bad about him and how about how he's a bad roommate. Just do different stuff to passively aggressively annoy this xenomorph alien, and it's like really like out there. That xenomorph deserves sainthood. I'm sorry, those are more than mild annoyances. <laughs> those, those are deal breakers. Like, how is he not eating your head? And what, do, what do xenomorphs do? I haven't seen these movies. No, they, 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 they impregnate They lay us. eggs and they... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fun. The face huggers. I hear Go you ahead. can get a CPAP mask that looks like a face hugger. No, thank you. <laughs> no, th- no, no, thank you. Those games kind of scarred me. Thing. I'm okay. Yeah. Anyway... The so that's that's kind of what you're doing to get all of these different keys is you're playing these different mini games, uh, you know where you're like oh okay I have to figure out how to um is a there's one that's kind of like Bomberman but you have to move in different positions and this is different stuff like that you're you're and you're getting these keys in this ASCII art game that you're still trying to like understand what the rules are. You know, you'll go to a door and it'll say uh, centipedes around and you have to go and find what you think is a centipede because it just looks like a bunch of dots moving and you kill the centipede and behind that door is another door and you go to that and like, you're like, well, I killed the centipede, but there's like these other enemies, these skeletons, I should probably kill them. They kill them and you go to that door after the centipede door and it says skeletons aren't around and you're like, oh, so I was supposed to leave a skeleton now. That's like, I had to kill the centipede, but leave the skeleton and that's how, that's how these doors work. Like just yeah, it just little stuff like that where it messes with you and what you think. Like once you kind of understand what the game is, it then says, "Nope, that's not what this game is." You know, like um, you get an item that's just a bridge, and you put it, and it basically overwrites whatever's in the game that you can walk through. So you have a path. So like walls stop becoming walls anymore. Huh. Yeah, and you just kind of have to figure out where you're going and exploring to figure out what you can do. At a certain point, I found that you could just start smashing walls and kind of get through them, which is pretty wild. And then once you've gotten what you think is like a good amount of keys, you're like, oh, I'm doing pretty good. I found that you could go in your main hub, your main home area. I can dig a hole down, and I ended up talking to a frog. But not talking to a frog. 
The frog speaks a different language. And the language is those keys you got. They're little symbols. And so you find out the stuff after the like, fact then. So I have a I have a I have a damn post-it on my desk that's just the symbols and what I think they mean. This one means frog, this one means cat, this one means fish, this one means pick up, this means red, this means blue, this means and you have to like talk to this frog to get him to move boxes around or you know give uh feed the pear to the fish or talk to his cat on the phone so that he can give you this last key and this last symbol but it's like wild because if you didn't get enough of the symbols you can't talk to the frog because you don't have all the words he's saying did you have fun with this game at all uh, well, it depends on what you mean. The first two, because uh, this took me, what, three and a half days, three and a half uh, sessions. It was like oh, seven hours. And the first like three to four, when you're like kind of grabbing the, the, the things in a solid clip and you're playing the mini games and you're having like a good time, it's, it's great. But once you've kind of been to most areas, the next trick is to find like all of them. The sim- there's a lot of symbols. There's probably out of 12 symbols, there's probably like seven or eight that are just in your face right there. Just grab it. It's right there. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the last, like, four to five are, oh, you have to, like, use the bridge to go off screen and where you think, like, oh, that's a wall. Now you're outside the bounds of the game and you're supposed <laughs> to go and you find the creator's name in there. And once you do that, you have to, like, poke at one of the letters and then the letter gives you an, uh, you know, an item or something like that. You have to, like, go when you start having to outthink the game that's where it's like oh now i'm just kind of like like there's it's not a big world it's probably uh you know an ascii you know it's a single screen so i'd say but it's probably only like 10 screens but mm-hmm. i now have to poke at every screen i have to use the bridge at every screen i have to use my sword to poke at every screen i have to you know and that's where i kind of started to like like feel like it dragged a little bit i'd get like one one or two of those symbols per session after the first one, just because it's like, oh, okay, just like poking and figuring <laughs> out and just kind of banging my head against it, which is like, I mean, again, that's, these games are supposed to be like a little bit more impenetrable. You're supposed to try to think outside the box. Yeah. Um, also, uh, funny little quirks about it. You'll get things like, um, you'll get uh, fuel for your sword. It says, you have your, soul, your sword has now fuel and it'll just start spinning around you and you'll see the meter slowly empty and then it'll empty. And you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know what the point of that was, but, or, um, you have different colored keys, purple, red, blue, whatever. And they open the doors. And if you touch a coat of paint, it will turn all your keys. Like, it's like, oh, it's red paint. And I'm like, I'm going to poke it. And it said, it spilled. And then I stepped in the paint and then it's, he said, you slipped and fell. And then I looked and all my keys became red. And I was like, that's, oh. that's both annoying and kind of like, it's a be a pain to get back because you can get your keys back. But it's just kind of like, oh, this is just annoying now. <laughs> this has just screwed me. It's going to be a pain even to get home. How do I get back to the three maps because there's like two doors there? And, yeah. And um, in the end, it does the whole thing where it kind of breaks the fourth wall. And uh, the game slowly uh, just, you know, de- dis- uh, it kind of destroys itself. It's like a very funny ending. Um, the other bits are after you get out of the... Mi- there's, two, there's two pieces to it. After you get out of the minigames... You get a audio history of the band Corn, <laughs> but 
that it, it is what? not it is not real at all. <laughs> it's very much not real. So you'll get like um uh, the basis had plenty of fan art written about him, including one such uh, piece of erotic fan art written by this girl. And he loved it so much that he uh, he paid for her to visit, and they ri- wrote a screenplay based off of the erotic fan fiction. That uh, erotic fan fiction then grew into a film and won Best Screenplay at this award. And I wait, what? What? Like it just <laughs> and it just does this like very quick like little bit and. I'm like, and it, it, it's a lot. It happens a couple times. Like, I want to say like 15 times throughout my playing. And then the world changes. So you'll have the same. So the first time, uh, it was very funny. Uh, I, the wor- I came out of the, the, the mini game that I'd just beaten. And everything was kind of dark. The game was dark. And I was like, okay, that's weird. And I see little, little you know, smiley faces that have red blue above their head. And I'm like, that's weird. And I'd walk, and I'm just, I'm just walking through the normal world that I did before, and all of a sudden they'd run up to me, and they'd arrest me and put me in a jail. And you have to find a way to escape jail, and then the game goes back to normal. Or hmm. after I got out of one of the minigames, it became, um, when I came out of the minigame, it was just a snake, where my character was slowly growing longer and longer as I went through, and I had to figure <laughs> out how to escape that. So they would just, like, throw little, like, adjustments to the gameplay out of a mini game so that you just had to like escape this real quick second i did one that everything was just exploding there was just explosions and i just had to avoid the explosions to get out of the map and then it was like oh, okay back to normal so the game just does a lot of things to kind of mess with you and what you think once you once you think think you know it it says you don't know so you enjoyed yourself yeah i think it was it was a fun trip it got wild uh, i got crazy and it did a lot of things that I didn't think it would do. And especially those minigames. Those were a lot of fun. I feel like it would drive me crazy. That's kind of the point. Uh, at the end, it shows your tr- your village uh, at Glittermitten Grove. And it goes to, like, bill- like it just because, uh, you know, it's, it'll show, like, oh, you're, you've been here for a year. You've been here two years as you go through. And after a while, it just, like, speeds forward over and over and over again until, like, the heat death of the universe. And the little fairy text <laughs> pops up and says, uh, I have some bad news about your village. <laughs> so it does like a little fun thing at the end that I thought was pretty good. And it shows like the whole, like just like the sun exploding. Uh, very good. And uh, that was my journey with Frog Fractions 3. Uh, I will continue on into Frog Fractions 4. There's a fourth, Wait, there's a fourth one? Four is if you bought frog because frog fractions was a free uh a free game a browser game but java's gone so it's no longer available that way so they put it on steam for like five dollars you mean flash Flash. java's still around is java still around oh yeah i thought it It better be i switched paying my bills it's changing didn't it become something nope you might be thinking of javascript which is different from java i think i meant javascript Okay. But anyway, not the point. It's Flash. You're right, Flash. And um, so because Flash is gone, it, they put it on Steam for like $5. But they came with free hat DLC, meaning you could put a hat on your frog. And apparently that changes the whole game. <laughs> so uh, I, brought, I bought Frog Fractions and bought the hat DLC. And so I look forward to playing that this Sunday. This is the rabbit hole I signed up for, Joel. 
No, I, I understand, and I don't feel sorry for you because of that. I just, I, I can't imagine tying myself to that sinking ship. Was it worth it? <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, I think my favorite thing to say is, wow, that did something that I haven't seen before. And that's, and I've said that, I, and I continue to beat that drum that that's what I want to say a lot. I want to play a game and then say, wow, I've never seen that before. I don't, I, derivativeness is, is, can be okay. Uh, I like the Marvel movies, but I, I feel like I find more enjoyment in finding those new experiences with video games. And in Frog Fractions 3, I could tell you, I would play that chess game. Like I would, if that game was just on Steam, I'd play yeah. it. I'd buy it right now because it's just a fun game. It's just a, it's just a fun game. How much would you pay for it? Five to ten dollars, depending on if I had a dedicated other person to play or uh, good online. So, that's uh, that's where I that's where I'm at with Frog Fractions Three. I just feel like that it did a lot of things different and new that I'd never seen before and made me laugh. Uh, it did a drag in the end, sure, but I uh, was happier for the experience. Now. Let's hop into our last segment. Well, first off, any more questions about Rock Fractions 3? No, I think no. you covered it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there are some, but my brain has turned to mush listening to this. There's so much in there. Yeah. And also, uh, don't mind the fireworks in the background of my audio. Fantastic. Uh, let's hop into our last segment. One last thing. One last thing where we give one last sentence, one last statement, sending us into the weekend. Need a listener. Do the weekday. For me, uh, I am. I have found that my weekends have disappeared. I no longer have them. They don't belong to me. And that's okay. Getty and I pre-bought those Steam decks. There, I said it. Joel? I, uh... I've been regressing in my entertainment. So, like, I, I, my gaming time, besides Death Store, because I, I felt like that was worth following, uh, or the stuff we play has gone from like, okay, these are like PlayStation 2 era games, and now now I'm at Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis games with like Super Metroid and, and Sonic 1 and 2, and, and like, I, I'm I'm getting close to the, like the NES side of getting back to like Mario 3 or something, and by the time we speak again, I'll probably find a copy of Pitfall just to play Pitfall. Which one? I like that PS1 version. Oh, I was talking about OG. I never played the PS1. It was cool. It was it was kind of cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that there's a problem with playing retro games, though I do always try to, like, stick to ones that I haven't played a thousand hours of, you know, a la Mario 3. Yeah. that That's my no, Super Metroid. I'm not judging you playing but... Mario 3. I just mean, like, that's where I'm at now. It's like when I played Super Metroid, I was like, I've never played this series, so I, I should probably play this, you know? Right, yeah, I'm a mindset, like, I have to be in the right mindset to try to do stuff. I need that comfort food a little bit to, to intersplice between. But, uh, yeah, I've that's what I liked about the Nintendo Switch Online service, is that they keep on adding weird stuff that I know I've never tried before. Uh, yeah, I did people want, like, the Chrono Triggers, the Final Fantasies, uh, the stuff that they'll never sell separately. But, you know, I... If they're not going to offer the chance to buy them directly like the virtual console was, then, then yeah, just keep piling in this weird shit. Joel, you got to do what I do. Pick one 100-hour game and then just kind of coast on that for like 
two years. Played Persona 5 Royal yesterday. Hmm. Alec, your one last thing. So, I beat Axiom Verge on Monday. Okay. I have... We've tweeted out. I'm taking suggestions for which Metroidvania to play next. Okay. Currently tied, and... I pre-ordered the stream, the Steam Deck as well. Nice. I forgot you did. I forgot that you did. But yeah, goodbye bonus money. Let's see how that goes. Do a little overtime. That's what I did this week. I'm salary. There's no such thing. Oh yeah, that's a problem. And that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio, where you have Frog Fraction Sunday, Metroidvania Monday, 2D or Indie Game Tuesday, Now That I'm Wednesday, Podcast Thursday, Pokemon Red on Friday, Saturday, Skylanders. I, I, I need to figure out your PlayStation 3. You know, this weird stuff happens. I, I, update my playstation password i then reboot your pass your playstation and i try to sign in and it acts like i don't have the right password so i go through the cycle of updating my password and then it not recognizing so we'll see i don't know <laughs> i mean you could always play bloodborne again that is true if you'd like but to reach us back. with questions or input our email address is mail at superggradio.com and provide a review on itunes or the snoop truther of your choice Thanks for listening. GG Alec. Good game. GG Joel. Good game. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.